Good morning and welcome to Walking with Jesus Through the Word, one chapter per day. I'm Pastor Jason Van Bemmel from Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. It is day 558 and we are in 1 Chronicles 26. And it's time for true confessions from your boneheaded pastor. And that is, I just did 1 Chronicles 26 devotional all the way through from beginning to end. And when I went to go hit stop recording, I realized I had never hit start recording. So I did a whole devotional and didn't actually record any of it. So we're doing this again. I'm doing this again. This is the first time for you. <laughs> so let's pray and ask the Lord for help as we look at 1 Chronicles 26 together. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your love for us and for your word. This is a very practical chapter that we have before us today. And we pray that you would give us wisdom that we might apply it rightly to your church and in our lives as believers, that we might see your hand at work here in history, and that we might learn how we can live according to your word today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, First Chronicles 26. So yesterday, yesterday, I'm recording this on Monday. There you go, a little secret. In Sunday's sermon, you're going to get this on Wednesday. So back on Sunday uh, in the sermon, we, we talked about how the Psalms help us connect into there being one story of God's people, one people of God, and one story of God's people. And one of the things that we should approach the Psalms doing is to say, how does this connect me into the story of God's people and with the story of my life? And this is something very similar happening here in First Chronicles. It's actually all the Bible that really does that. The Bible is the story of God's dealing with his people, and we are his people, and he is our God, and so he joins us into that story. But here we have the chronicler writing after the return from the exile and needing to reestablish the worship of the temple under the leadership of God's Holy Spirit and the gifted uh, leadership that he's given. And they're looking back on what David did. So the chronicler in about 500 B.C., is looking back on what David did in about a thousand BC using rough numbers. Uh, and so here we are in, you know, 2000 plus AD, 2,500 years later, and there's things that we can learn by joining into this story and seeing it as being our story of our people, the people of God. Uh, so let's read this and then unpack it together. As for the divisions of the gatekeepers of the Korahites, Michelle. I think that if he's reading it twice, I would get the names right without having to stumble over them. As for the divisions of the gatekeepers of the Korahites, Meshelamiah, the son of Korah, of the sons of Asaph. And Meshelamiah had sons, Zechariah the firstborn, Jediel the second, Zebediah the third, Jothniel the fourth, Elam the fifth, Jehohanan the sixth, Elihonai the seventh, and Obed-Edom had sons, Shemaiah the firstborn, Jehozabad the second, Joah the third, Sakar the fourth, Nathanael the fifth, Amiel the sixth, Issachar the seventh, Pulathai the eighth, for God blessed him. Also to his son Shemaiah were sons born, who were rulers in their father's houses, for they were men of great ability. The sons of Shemaiah, Othni, Raphael, Obed, and Elzabad, whose brothers were able men, Elihu and Semachiah. All these were of the sons of Obed-Edom, with their sons and brothers, able men, qualified for the service, 
62 of Obed-Edom. And Meshelamiah had sons and brothers, able men, 18. And Hosa of the sons of Merari had sons, Shimrai the chief, for though he was not the firstborn, his father made him chief, Hilkiah the second, Tabaliah the third, Zechariah the fourth, all the sons and brothers of Hosha, Hosa were thirteen. These divisions of the gatekeepers, corresponding to their chief men, had duties, just as their brothers did ministering in the house of the Lord, and they cast lots by fathers' houses, small and great alike, for their gates. The lot for the east fell to Shelemiah. They cast lots also for his son Zechariah, a shrewd counselor, and his lot came out for the north. Obed-Edom's came out for the south, and to his sons was allotted the gatehouse. For Shupam and Hosa, it came out for the west. At the gate of Sheleketh, on the road that goes up, watch corresponded to watch. On the east, there were six each day. On the north, four each day. On the south, four each day, as well as two and two at the gatehouse. And for the colonnade on the west, there were four at the road and two at the colonnade. These were the divisions of the gatekeepers among the Korahites and the sons of Morari. And of the Levites, Ahijah had charge of the treasuries of the house of God and the treasuries of the dedicated gifts. The sons of Laden, the sons of the Gershonites belonging to Laden, the heads of the father's houses belonging to Laden the Gershonite, Jehiali, the sons of Jehiali, Zetham, and Joel, his brother, were in charge of the treasuries of the house of the Lord, of the Amramites, the Izharites, the Hebronites, and the Uzielites, and Shubuel, the son of Gershom, son of Moses, was chief officer in charge of the treasuries, his brothers from Eliezer, and his son Rehabiah, and his son Jeshiah, and his son Joram, and his son Zikri, and his son Shelemoth. This Shelemoth and his brothers were in charge of all the treasuries of the dedicated gifts that David the king and the heads of the father's houses and officers of the thousands and the hundreds and the commanders of the army had dedicated. From spoil won in battles, they dedicated gifts for the maintenance of the house of the Lord. Also all that Samuel the seer and Saul the son of Cush and Abner the son of Ner and Joab the son of Zeruiah had dedicated, all dedicated gifts were in the care of Shelemoth and his brothers. Of the Israelites, Chenaniah and his sons were appointed to external duties for Israel as officers and judges. Of the Hebronites, Hashabiah and his brothers, 1,700 men of ability, had the oversight of Israel westward of the Jordan for all the work of the Lord and for the service of the king. Of the Hebronites, Jerijah was chief of the Hebronites of whatever genealogy or father's houses, in the fortieth year of David's reign, search was made, and men of great ability among them were found at Jazer in Gilead. David appointed him and his brothers, 2,700 men of ability, heads of fathers' houses, to have oversight of the Reubenites, the Gadites, and the half-tribe of Manasseh for everything pertaining to the affairs of the king. So this last chapter is saying there was a group of 1,700 men and ability who had the west side of the Jordan, and then there's another group of actually 2,700 men of ability who had the east side of the Jordan where the Reubenites and the Gadites and the half-tribe of Manasseh were. So there's, there's a, a good provision for both sides of the Jordan, which was important. So what do we have here in 1 Chronicles 26? Well, this is a continued uh, long section where the chronicler is describing David's uh, 
administration of the Levites, where he divided them up and gave them responsibilities for various aspects of temple service and beyond that also the the acting as judges and teachers of the law out among the people. That's what that last group is about, the 1700 and the 2700, what's that, uh, 4,400 people, right? 4,400 people who were out teaching the law and acting as judges out among the people. So in this section covering the temple in particular, first you had the gifts and the material goods that were set aside for the temple and then you had the division of, of the priests and then the, the Levitical singers, right? And now we have gatekeepers and we have treasure keepers. What's happening here is the chronicler is, is preparing for the rebuilding of the temple in the same way that David was preparing for the building of the temple. And today we are the temple of the living God and we are gathered together in local churches which are local manifestations of the living temple of God, the church that Christ is building. Remember, Jesus told Peter, on this rock, I will build my church. Jesus is the fulfillment of the temple in himself. He said, tear down this body, I'll rebuild it in three days. Talking about the temple of his body. Sorry, tear down this temple, I'll rebuild it in three days. In John 2, he's the chief cornerstone of the temple of God, and he's the builder of the temple of God. I will build my church. And we are his temple. We're living stones. Holy Spirit dwells in each one of us. But we're joined together into a holy house, both at the local church level and the universal church, what we call the Catholic church, small c, the universal church throughout all time and throughout all uh, countries, tribes, tongues, people, and nations. This is the work that's going on. So David provided for the right administration of the temple before it was built the first time by Solomon. The chronicler here is recalling that so that the people will have that in front of them and realize there's a lot of thought that needs to go into this. There's a lot of resources that are needed. People are going to have to give generously for this. There's a lot of leadership that's needed. There's a lot of work to be done. And there's an order to it all. It's not just on a couple of people to do it all. There may be some key people at the top who are leading, just like David was in his day, but really all the tribe of Levi has to step up according to their family line, and they have to serve. And in the church today, the church is being built by Jesus Christ. He's the builder. He brings people to salvation. He unites them to himself through his Holy Spirit. He unites us to our church, and he expects us to serve to serve in some capacity that will bless the church and that will be a blessing to us as we serve the church as well. So what do we see here specifically in chapter 26? Number one is security. That's what gatekeepers are all about. The gatekeepers are keeping watch over the gates of the temple to make sure that there's no robbery, invasion, malfeasance, evil, infiltration going on. They're watching. We have security at Forest Hill Presbyterian Church. We need to have security because of the world that we live in, right? But there's we could say external and internal security, right? So there's security uh, of the building and of, of the area. And we have a security team of, of trained and qualified men who carry that out. But then there's also the security within, making sure that people are safe, that things are well provided for. One of the ways we do that is providing for background checks and, and training for all of the volunteers who serve in the nursery and with junior church and in children's ministry because we want children protected. 
And we know the sad reality of the world we live in is that children need protecting. And so we want to do that. Everybody is eager to do that well. And so we have well thought out policies that we follow and procedures and training and background checks to make sure that children are protected, that the, the facility is protected as God's people gather and worship. And also we make sure that the the treasures, the people that the, the gifts that people give are, are handled properly. They're not just not just one person who collects and counts and deposits and spends, so there's no accountability or oversight. There's there's accountability and oversight at every level, at every step of the process. And we do that following this biblical pattern. There's not notice no one of these areas has just one guy in charge. It's always a group of people. And there's a group of people there so they can help each other out and so they can watch over each other as well. And so this is a, a wisdom that says everybody is called to serve and everybody is called to serve together as part of a team. And you see this consistently throughout these chapters in First Chronicles. So my encouragement to you would simply be whether you're at Forest Hill Church or you're at some other church, serve. I hope that you are serving, right? I hope that you found places where you can serve, maybe to set up, maybe to help collect the offering, maybe to help serve in the nursery or childcare, maybe to help be part of the security team. Maybe God's calling you to serve in an elected office within the church where you would have responsibility for oversight of these things, or perhaps as a worship leader, or perhaps as some other role within the church. We have lots of work that needs to be done all the time at Forest Hill. And like a lot of churches, it's kind of a core group of people, 20 or so, who kind of do the work every week, week in and week out. And it really ought to be everybody who's coming and contributing to the work. So that's one lesson. And then the other thing to keep in mind is how many times in this chapter did we hear about these men who are serving in one capacity or another, that they were able, that they were skilled, that they were wise, that they were qualified. Service in the church is not just for any old volunteer and all service in the church is carried out by people who are gifted and able and called and qualified. And that's true of people who are putting out chairs or putting out food or running the sound or running the live stream or running the nursery or staffing the nursery or teaching Sunday school or leading a Bible study. The God gifts and God calls and God qualifies and then God uses us in service. And it's a great privilege to be used in service to God. It blesses his church, it glorifies his name, and it brings blessing to us as we serve. So let 1 Chronicles 26, this long list of names and very practical matters, let it be a reminder to each one of us. If we belong to Jesus Christ by faith in him, we also belong to his church, his body. If we are in Jesus, then we are a stone that he is building up into the temple. So if you're not in a church, get in a church. And if you're in a church, get into serving in the church because we're in this together as the body of Christ, as the temple of God, as the people of God called by his name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for calling us to faith in Jesus Christ and not just a personal salvation, but a life of belonging to your people and being a part of your story of what you are doing in the world. Use us, Father, for your glory and for the good of your people. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Amen. Well, that's First Chronicles chapter 26. Tomorrow we're going to be back in the book of Hebrews, and I hope you can join me for that. Hebrews 4, I believe, is on tap for tomorrow. Have a blessed day in the Lord. Amen.